0: You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host with a scratchy throat (laughs) and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Solve your dating dilemmas, answer emails, take live calls, and speak to authors and other experts. And I have someone amazing on today. I've spent the uh, last few days reading his book. Which I love. It's called um, The Secret Psychology of How We Fall in Love. And that would be Dr. Paul. And I'm going to bring him on right now. Dr. Paul, how are you doing? Where'd he go? There he how is. You? <laughs> okay, say that again. I didn't have your volume <laughs> up. Sorry. <laughs> Shame on me. Okay, so uh, your uh, book, The Secret Psychology of How We Fall in Love. And. Uh, yep. The website, womenshappiness.com, and um, you have nine steps. It's Dr. Paul's nine proven steps to lasting love. So let me give a a bit of your background. Uh, You are a board-certified psychiatrist. It's always nice to speak to a board-certified psychiatrist, Um, a national speaker and business consultant. You've worked with well over 10,000 patients, and you are the director of the uh, Women's Happiness um, Workshops. So, uh, in the book, you have the nine steps, which you break down to three subcategories. So, I wanted to focus on uh, just the first one, which I think is the most important. That's the attraction phase. <laughs> um, sure, sure. So, you mentioned the alpha male status, which I think is very important because a lot of women don't even know about it. And so first let's you know tell people what the heck an alpha male status is, and then how um, a woman can elevate uh, a man's alpha status
0: well, uh, you know what is an alpha male status it's it's that uh, males need a sense of their place among other males, where are they ranked what is
1: Oh, we lost a connection. Oh, no. All right. going to call him again. What is up with that? Now we don't know what the alpha male status is. All right. Hello. Hello. We lost our connection. <laughs> Goodness.
0: Uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, shall I continue? Yes, please. We, okay, uh, yeah, it's it's through our, uh, our rank among other males that we figure out our place um, on a team of other males. And the higher our rank, the more masculine we feel. And the more masculine we feel, the more attractive we feel, and the more attracted to uh, the woman at hand we feel.
1: Wonderful. So then what are some concrete things that a woman can do to, to raise a guy's alpha male status you know I was talking to this uh, guy he's an actor he's an ex-football player and uh, and then I saw one of his ex-girlfriends and she was not very attractive at all and I thought what the heck was going on there and so I asked him <laughs> uh, I'm always surprised <laughs> and, and I asked him and he's like well she was very supportive and I'm like what I'm like what, like, what, what support Where, what, uh, <laughs> where'd that come from all of a sudden <laughs>
0: Well, uh, there are a lot of ways, uh, you know, in practical terms, a woman can raise a guy's alpha male status. Uh, You know, one of the easiest would be for her to be flirtatious with other males in his presence, but then let him know that she prefers him number one. Hmm. So once again, it's about uh, letting him know what is his exact rank. And if it's very, very high, that will make him feel more masculine and then more attracted. So he won't. Another example. He won't get upset.
1: He won't get upset if you're flirting with other guys in front of him.
0: If he's an immature guy, mm. he may get overly jealous. But if he's a mature guy, like okay. a Mr. Big from Sex and the City, <laughs> okay. he'll really appreciate it. Okay. So it's also a screen for you,
1: right? To tell oh. an
0: immature guy from a mature guy. Good. Okay. So then his career. Uh, probably the biggest of all. Uh-huh. Actually is. If um, you really admire something about his career, uh, we get a lot of identity out of what we do for a living, and so if you can, you know, pick something out of what he does for a living that you really admire, and you let him know that, and you say the magic words, I believe in you, mm. <laughs> I admire you, or believe in you, that is just magic. All that right. makes us think, this is the woman I want to marry.
1: Okay, I've got to write that down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to tell it to everybody. Um, what if the guy works out the post office
0: well <laughs> why are you dating that guy? Well I'm just not
1: me <laughs> never myself of course but just in case you know not everybody's dating a big career guy
0: well it, you know the, the word I use in teaching men is mission and a, a guy's mission might be very different from his career if a guy works for the post office and he isn't all that self impressed with that Maybe on the side, he's a writer, or a poet, or a painter, or a guitarist, Uh and that's really his mission in Mm -hmm. life. So it might be his hobby that you admire, Mm
2: -hmm. but whatever Mm -hmm. he's
0: most passionate about as an activity to do for a living now or eventually, that's what to admire.
1: Got it. Okay. And any other thing that she can do to make the guy feel like a million dollars?
0: Well any kind of challenge that you put a guy to, whether it's uh, to compete with other males because you're flirting with them, or uh, for him to go out into the world and you kind of do a little cheerleading of him in his career is going to have the same effect. It's that he needs to know that you are putting him up to a challenge of some sort, and that simultaneously you support him winning. It's, it's about the word winning. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a sense of winning something, winning for you, or even winning you. Mm -hmm. You can even be directly confrontational with him and get in a debate or argument, and um, if you give him a sense that you're a a good sparring partner conversationally, that will do the same thing.
1: Okay. Um, So then what, what are some things that women unknowingly do that would decrease a man's alpha status?
0: Well uh for one when they When they don't give a guy uh, a chance to uh, make choices, uh, one of the very uh, core elements to men feeling masculine involves a, a sense of freedom and this is where a lot of couples get into trouble when there are all kinds of rules laid down
2: mm-hmm.
0: about uh, you know how our conduct will be, what time you must be home, mm-hmm. uh, how our schedule will run. And a woman naturally is um, a great organizer in a relationship, and in running a household, for example, or if, if you're married and you have a family, uh, a woman has natural gifts at being a manager and, and an organizer, but her style of managing, if she uh, behaves more like, let's say, a servant leader, and offers the man a lot of menu items to choose from. Mm -hmm. That is a a secret trick that women can use to let a guy feel that he has a lot of self-determination even if you are really the one managing the show. So give him a menu
1: to choose from. Got it, that sounds great. Um, Now the other part of attraction of course is sex and how much does sex play a part in uh, a man falling in love?
0: Well, a lot. Okay, good. (laughs) As as we all know intuitively, um, this is something that the the evolutionary psychologists talk a lot about, that um, there are certain things about our biology and our our biological differences that play out in behavioral strategies. And if you look to uh, the male sex cells over the lifetime, Mm -hmm. there are billions and billions of them as compared to two to three hundred total viable eggs for a woman. So as a result, the way it plays out in our behavior is the reward for males in getting involved uh, with females is uh, to pursue sex, uh, to pursue the sex act. Right. But if a woman uh, plays it uh, with a lot of savvy, she'll see that there's a difference between actually having sex and simply being sexually attractive or flirtatious. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, being flirtatious offers the man uh, the promise of eventual sex, which is his reward um, for for getting involved. And you can draw out the progress of the relationship over time, so that a, a bond forms, so that real love starts forming, and then eventually commitment as well.
1: Um, now, do you think <laughs> is it possible if the sex is really good, is the man more likely to fall in love? <laughs>
0: If the sex is good, is the man more likely to fall in love? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, it it depends on the maturity of the man. Uh You know, if you're talking about a young young man, um, you know, just out of adolescence, a college-age man, then the sex is going to, you know, be a lot uh, that constitutes the relationship. Uh But If you're talking about a somewhat older man, you know, in his late 30s, 40s, and above, then the companionship and the friendship with the woman and uh, how she gels with his life course.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It matter way more than it did in his early 20s. So it depends on the age of the guy.
1: Right. Okay. Now, uh, here's a question that I get asked all the time, and I'm still trying to find the answer to this. So a lot of women, they make the mistake, of course, of having sex too quickly, and then they go, well, now I'm just a booty call. How do I get out of the booty call situation and turn this into a boyfriend situation? Is it even possible to do
0: well, <laughs> that's the difference between <laughs> that's the difference between uh, just group psychology and looking at individual case by case bases. Uh-huh. Of course, <laughs> uh, there are going to be outliers where a woman who's had a booty call with a man somehow turns it into uh, a long lasting relationship, but those are going to be few and far between.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But generally, I advise that no, it's not possible. Generally speaking to turn a booty call into a a full-blown relationship because the guy has already gotten his uh, instinctual reward out of the interaction. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so heavy on explaining to women that there's a huge difference between the actual sex act Mm -hmm. and just being sexy, just being flirtatious. That Mm -hmm. needs to be drawn out. Uh I generally don't recommend to women that they sleep with a man uh, before, let's say, approximately three to four weeks have elapsed of Mm -hmm. dating, Mm -hmm. believe it or not.
1: Do you think waiting three months is too long? Three months? Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sounds sounds long to me. (laughs) But um, no, I I think that depends on your individual um, uh, subculture you come from, your individual uh, religious or spiritual choices, but uh, by and large, uh, that sounds like a a good length (laughs) of time for a commitment who have started to develop. Mm -hmm. um, It's a fair amount of time to wait if you just average out, you know, most most Westerners in our society.
1: Right. Now, you know, because you also talk about friendship in the book, uh, so do you think that, you know, in trying to turn this booty call into a boyfriend, if you introduce a friendship element in there, that might help?
0: Well, I think our personality styles need to gel well for friendship to work, mm-hmm. and and one of the reasons that I teach both women and men about uh, four general personality styles, that opposites attract in terms of personality, and that if you happen to be wise up front with who you choose to date uh, from the get-go, then you're going to get a much higher likelihood of uh, a fast friendship developing that's going to be durable. Mm-hmm. And it's going to buoy your way through, you know, the initial um, sometimes clumsy, um, intuitive steps of uh, of having a, a sexual attraction to each other.
1: Right. Okay. I have one more sex question, maybe the most important. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know you're not a sex expert, but I figured I had you on the line. So what the heck? Um, now, often, or not often, but you know, sometimes women are not very happy about a man's sexual performance. should they ever say anything and if so how
0: well uh, certainly it'll become uh, a difficulty if it's not addressed
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: it comes down to how you uh, get the message through to him so whatever you can do to uh, keep his sense of himself as being the man as being of high end rank Mm -hmm. but still get the message through is going to work. So instead of saying, you know, I don't like it when you do this or do that, or you don't do this well enough, uh, that would have possibly an injuring effect on him. Mm -hmm. You're really good at all of these things, and I just want to reveal a secret about me. I really like this especially, and I'd Mm -hmm. love for us to work on this. I know you can do it. It's kind of a cheerleading uh, kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. I know you can do it. You're that good mm. Is It's an entirely different message from saying oh you're not so good at this I wish you'd brush up.
1: <laughs> Go study up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh okay so let's say then so then like how would we like if someone has a problem let's say getting an erection or keeping an erection you know that's obviously very difficult so then would she say something like oh, you know, I love having sex with you, and oh, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's unfortunate when this happens. What can we do about it? Or is that too strong?
0: Well, uh, you know, difficulties with getting an erection can have biological causes and psychological causes. So certainly you want to rule out the biological causes. So if there's a way to um, encourage him to get a routine checkup with a primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. It's thing that you could encourage him to mention to a primary care doctor. Uh-huh. And then beyond that, once again, um, being supportive with him and saying, you know, you're really great in all these ways. Is there anything I could do to help you out? Certainly it's going to be on his mind. He's just not wanting to talk about it. Right. In fact, a lot of males don't... Um, When they have uh, depression, when they have mood problems, a lot of times they don't report them to their doctors. They don't go seek help for them because doing so can give them a sense that they're less than, that their rank among other males is is low. And so anything you can do to be this uh, supporter of this person that kind of cheerleads him and says, I know you can do it kind of a thing Mm. is going to both encourage him to do the right thing and get it treated, get it checked out, as well as uh, leave him with a sense of intact masculinity.
1: Got it. So whatever you do, it's always about keeping the man's alpha status high. Uh,
0: yes, and, and anything else that makes him feel masculine. And it's not a one-way street. Uh, he needs to do that which makes a woman feel feminine. He mm-hmm. does that, and that's what I teach males. If, if, he, does, if he does that, then you are going to have a sense of feeling attractive, and you're going to be more attracted to him. if You feel treated like a lady. If You feel feminine because of his presence in your life.
1: Right. I know. I always say that, um, you know, if a guy asks me to drive to him on the first date, uh, I'm not going to be very happy about it. When I get there, I'm not going to be in my feminine mode. I'm going to be in my masculine mode.
0: Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know. And the way that's described to a guy really, really matters. Um, if you became just very offended that he didn't offer to drive or didn't offer to pay for the first date or maybe all dates and just said, oh, that's so rude. I can't believe that you wouldn't do that. Then he'll have a feeling like, oh, my gosh, she thinks I'm less than other men, mm. which is Whereas if you say, you know, I love it when men do this or men do that, it makes me feel more feminine, makes me feel great about who I am. That's you talking about how you feel, rather than putting some kind of uh, blame onto him, so to speak.
1: Right. So the Um, way you
0: describe it's really important.
1: Yeah, yeah, guys. Um, So what are some things that guys can do to make the woman feel feminine besides picking her up and opening her doors and paying for the dinner?
0: Well, sure. Uh there's certainly a, a lot of things, generally. Uh, women feel more feminine when they feel invited, when they feel welcomed, when they feel a sense of belonging. So let's say that um, a man had a lot of friends and he wanted to introduce you to them. If you were going to do that, he would want to invite you and then not just introduce you and, and let you take over the conversation at that point, he would want to shepherd you around and introduce you to everyone and sing your praises to each individual friend to give you more of a sense of belonging mm-hmm. whereas a guy introducing a guy friend to his uh, friendship group might not care that much to make sure the guy's comfortable Right. <laughs> so yeah. that's one example um, another would be To pass your tests there there are certain natural tests that a woman has to do of a man to know that he is solid and safe and capable of protecting her and these are all animal level instincts you know we we live in a civilized society and women can do everything men can do of course but we still retain some animal instincts in us that are a little bit different between men and, and women and so there is still this remnant of a, um, a feminizing force in a man being gentlemanly, being protective, uh, walking on the curbside of the street, uh, holding a door for a woman. So all of these things still have an effect of making a woman feel special, feel treated well. Mm-hmm. And those are feminizing
1: right yeah I totally agree Uh, and it's funny how like some women I mean guys these days they don't know whether they should open a door for a woman or not because sometimes they think well you're being uh, patronizing because I can open my own door
0: well yeah true true. there's that uh, there's that element out there but you know if you divide up human behavior into that which is mature and civilized and uh, is working on a career versus that which is just instinctual, is just animal-level behavior, then you can explain all of it. It's that certainly both men and women are uh, equally um, of high potential with their, their intellect, their incomes, their career choices. They're equally capable of being a loving person and a good friend. But when you go all the way down to animal behavior, to that which is instinctual, which happens without us having to think, Mm -hmm. men and women have decidedly different instincts to their gender. And that's to say nothing about how good they would be at particular occupations or their income levels.
1: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Because everyone always says, oh, well, men and women are equal, it's 2009. And I go, yes, but the DNA hasn't changed.
0: Yes, yeah, it's millions of years old of these instincts, and they're not going away. They're not changing anytime soon. We're equal but different in instinct, and that's fine. It doesn't make us unequal to have different instincts.
1: Exactly. Uh, now let's talk about playing hard to get, because you always hear about that. Um, and you sure. me- that you mentioned that. That's one of the steps in the first phase of attraction. So if a woman hasn't played hard to get, is it possible then to backtrack and be hard to get if you understand what I mean
0: yeah I, I think I do <laughs> one of the one of the most uh, uh, dramatic and difficult uh, challenges that most men um, I've seen go through at some point in their lives maybe it was their adolescence or maybe they're in their 40s you knows? is when they've been with a woman who's very very supportive and beautiful mm-hmm. and has all these you know wonderful things about her But she's just not very challenging. Um, She's just supportive and and nothing else. And then he can't help it, but he loses sexual attraction for her. And finally they break up. And at that moment where they've finally broken up, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he wants her back. Right. He has buyer's remorse about breaking up. And he can't believe he did it, and he apologizes. And now she doesn't want him back. And now he's even more passionately after her, and he's obsessing about her. I mean, I don't think there's a guy that I have met as a student that hasn't had that happen at some point in his life. And I think the reason is that if women knew about these instincts uh, before and during the start of a relationship, where they could be more challenging during it, Mm -hmm. that would give the guy this sense of winning, this sense of competing and coming out on top, that he needs to really uh, round out uh, his sense of masculinity caused by the woman. So, in other words, the moment at which he breaks up is the first moment at which he's been challenged by her. That's why he's now wildly attracted.
1: Okay, that explains it. So if women that.
0: could do that earlier rather than all the way at the point of a breakup, uh-huh. everything would be great.
1: Ugh oh, that that explains half my dating life because <laughs> everybody because for some reason I'm usually like the one breaking up ninety percent of the time and then everybody wants me back <laughs> but of course you know how oh, God. You
0: know, yeah you know how women are because, go ahead uh, well I, I I think because of the culture in which we live uh, divorce is so easy breaking up is so easy everybody both men and women even if you don't hear men talk about it they have all kinds of fears that if they disagree with you if they don't go with the program with the rules uh, laid down by you for our relationships that they're gonna lose you Mm -hmm. when really we have a a right and, uh, and a need to express our differences and our disagreements But still know we're not going to end the relationship just because we disagree on some things right and I think that's part of what causes you know women to back off uh, a lot on um, you know creating some challenges and some differences and disagreements that actually are attractive for the guy to feel coming from you that you have a you have a backbone you have a spine
1: so then, what are some of the things that for someone that's already in a relationship that she can do to be more of a challenge once he's already won her?
0: Uh, once he once he's already won her, uh, she can continue to uh, notice places where we agree and express places where we disagree, and and still have it uh, be fine. Uh, we're not going to break up over. Disagreeing on which movie to see or what kind of food to get
2: tonight—that
0: mm-hmm. uh, even within a relationship, there's a certain amount of privacy that both the man and the woman need, and uh, certain very individual tastes and preferences that we have. We can't be identical twins. In other words, we're we're, get, we're putting uh, too much pressure on ourselves today. To, uh, to have to be identical twins or we think the relationship won't work out. Mm-hmm. There's power in our differences. makes us a more powerful team in life to have differences of opinion.
1: So you're saying then for her to just um, have her own opinions and don't always agree with him and that will just naturally challenge him and he'll be more attracted or stay attracted?
0: Yes. In other words, it's, it's, it, you're being a more genuine woman and true to yourself, not betraying yourself. To agree on the things you genuinely agree with him on, and to disagree when you genuinely disagree, in other words, rock the boat if <laughs> you know if it, if something doesn't work for you, go ahead and rock the boat
1: okay uh oh, you're yeah. giving women a license to rock the boat, you're in trouble now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I am
1: um now is it? <laughs> Yeah, I've always heard that men fall in love when they're not with the woman, when she's not around, when they miss her. Is that true?
0: It's true in context. Uh, there's a, a a strange, ironic little need that men have. Um, I probably explain it most commonly when a woman writes to me asking, um, my man is really challenged right now. He's been downsized from work or he has a new health challenge. Uh, what do I do to support him? It seems like when I want to get really close to him right now, he pushes me away. I don't understand that. I, w- I would think he would want really close intimacy and support right now during his challenging time. And the strange thing about about men is that during a challenge, during an outside threat, uh, threat on our health, threat on our career, threat on the relationship itself, we need a lot of solitude and aloneness and simultaneously, we need to know you care. So we need both distance from you and support. I know, aren't we difficult? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I take a lot of uh, traits of masculinity and explain them, especially to males, by using the Superman myth. Uh, the cartoon character, Superman, mm-hmm. actually has a lot of male traits to his uh, you know, to his uh, fictional story. And the fact that he has a, quote, fortress of solitude really speaks to something that males desperately need in order to feel masculine, which is a private, secret, physical place to go or even a mental place to go in their own heads Mm -hmm. where (laughs) we don't communicate with anybody and we're working on our problems to get them solved um, in a solitary way but we still need to know that you support us and care mm-hmm. so that's what's going on there and
1: so you're saying so that's how they come to fall in love when, because they miss her when they're in their fortress
0: it, it's one of many features that can cause us to fall in love mm-hmm. there, there are times when we need total sharing and closeness with you mm-hmm. there are times when we need to uh, feel like a real man by virtue of what we provide to you whether it's It might not be money. It might be our time, our energy, our labor. But then there are also times when we need to know that we can retreat to total privacy. And this is where a guy that goes on uh, a lot of business trips, for example, and his wife doesn't frequently call him. She just says, go out there and kick butt, and then doesn't call him. And then he ends up pursuing her and saying, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a day. How are you doing? <laughs> she says, I'm great. I know you're out there doing your business. I trust that you're being a tough guy and getting it done. And then he hangs up thinking, wow, I married the right one. And she's because busy. Because that distance along with support.
1: Or maybe she's just That's busy with scary. the cool boy. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist Um, okay, that's a great answer now, here's another quandary that I've had and I know a lot of people have had, you know, it seems like sometimes the worse you treat someone the more they want you maybe we've already answered this question but, you know, I've had two long-term relationships where I really, you know uh, the guy was into me way more than I was into him and they both wanted to marry me
0: Mm, so what, what is that all about? Well, I think it depends on where are you in the narrative of courtship. Are you very early in light dating, or are you deep into a committed relationship? The answer would change according to where you are in the story. Um, Early in dating, it's a big social marketplace of value. And we all want to be paired up with somebody of high value in society. It reflects on us. It makes us feel, if we're a man, it makes us feel more masculine. If you're a woman, it makes you feel more feminine. And so somebody who uh, ignores us here and there, um, I'm not saying mistreats us or abuses us. That's mm-hmm. always no. wrong. No. That doesn't give us the time of day so much. Right. makes us want to pursue them more right. because it gives us a clue that they must be high value. Uh-huh. They must be uh, very busy people with a lot of things to do with their life therefore I'm going to pursue because I want a valuable person in my life but if we're talking into an exclusive relationship mistreating someone else is not the way to be you've Mm -hmm. already agreed to be together you've already vetted each other you've checked each other out and found you're a good match so there's never a place uh, in an exclusive relationship to mistreat another person or not give them face time
1: Mm-hmm. maybe not so much mistreat but just, you know, they know that you're not their top priority
0: Okay, well all right. early in dating, yes uh, for the reasons we just talked mm-hmm, about
2: mm-hmm.
0: into an exclusive relationship, no but one thing you might be also talking about here has to do with uh, our relative level of maturity we tend to attract people who are of similar maturity to our own and one prime feature of being mature is what are the quality of our boundaries? Our boundaries are what let us say no to things we don't prefer or to people uh, that we don't want to budget into our time right now. And so whether you're single and dating or you're into an exclusive relationship, if somebody has the ability to say, no, I, I can't address that with you right now, but let's go back to it later when I have time. That tells the other person you are mature and therefore valuable and stable and capable of a real commitment. So it's about boundaries right. in that case.
1: It seems like it's always about boundaries.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those those um, invisible things that run our relationships yeah, tell create me about- drama.
1: I know. Um, Okay, here's another question that everyone always is concerned about. Now, uh, what does it mean when someone is giving mixed signals? So sometimes you think, wow, this person's really into me, and then you're like, I don't know, this person doesn't really seem into me. I mean, that's so frustrating. What does that mean?
0: Well, you need to do a little detective work, a little further information gathering about them to try to figure out whether their mixed signals are due to their lack of maturity Mm -hmm. and experience Are they giving mixed signals because they don't know what they want in a mate? Or are they mature, but it only seems like mixed signals because there are really three parts to romance. There's the sexual attraction part. There's the friendship and bonding and love part. And then there's the commitment and partnership part. So a lot of the times when there are mixed signals in relationship, it's that the man is coming from a place of, His passions and his sexuality and the woman is currently in her logical mind Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: so these two different parts of the brain aren't communicating well with each other or the woman is in her emotions and the man is in his logical mind and the the communication is off for that reason and it seems like a mixed signal Mm -hmm. but it's just what which of these three parts of the mind is the person in? Are they in their instincts and passions and sexuality, or in their emotions, or in their logic, in their commitment and partnership brain?
1: Wow, that's a brilliant answer. And I you I asked—I was going to ask the right person that question.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, three
0: parts of the brain, three parts of romance.
1: Yeah, three. Everything comes in threes, apparently.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So, you know, now recently I, you know, found out that, you know, guys want to be needed, so you got to give them, like, little jobs to do (laughs) so that they feel needed. Um, You know, so if some, you know, let's say you, a woman is dating a man, and she asks him, oh, can you do this, can you do that? And he does everything she asks right away, yet he still does not seem to want to make a commitment. What does that mean? Is he just doing it because he doesn't want to lose the sex?
0: Well... Uh, so the so the guy's doing everything you say.
1: Yeah, that's asked of him. I, yeah,
0: I, yeah I, I see what you're saying. He's doing everything you say, and you kind of wonder, is he being genuine? Right. Well, yeah, um, a certain kind of guy, um, a, a more immature guy that doesn't really know what he wants and doesn't really know how to assess you for fit to his life might be buying time <laughs> by doing that, just by keeping you happy. Uh-huh but then there, there's your end of the messaging, too. There's your end of how to communicate, which is that if you're being honest and saying, I really need you to do this genuinely because you know, you're a real man, and a real man is able to do this, then he'll feel that, uh, that truthfulness in you, and he'll be more genuine back, and he'll be more attracted back to you. I mean, ultimately, a guy can't commit who's too immature to have good boundaries, who's too immature to know what he wants to be when he grows up, and too immature to know exactly what he wants in a woman. The second reason a guy can't commit is if he doesn't sense from the woman that she genuinely, passionately supports what his career mission is, and her career mission can blend with that really well as a powerful team. You know how much we like sports. A lot of a lot of sports analogies are really relevant uh-huh. to how we think of relationships. So we'll think of a woman as a teammate. Is she a good teammate? So if you're coming to him and saying, "I want you to do this job for me," if that job dovetails with what he does for a living or his life's mission, if he's an attorney and you ask him for legal advice, he loves it. He feels like you're this partner in life. If you come to him and ask him to uh, do the plumbing, he <laughs> has no idea how that works. Right. He's thinking in his mind, well, why doesn't she just call a plumber? Right. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't dovetail with what he's all about and what he is competent at.
1: And it doesn't
0: raise his So those are the two ways sense. in which a man doesn't commit. If he's too immature to, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. he senses the woman's life path doesn't jive with his career path.
1: Got it. Uh, Now, do you think that women should ever pursue men, or should they always wait for the guys to ask them out?
0: Uh, Yes. I I think there are some cases where uh, women pursuing men is actually highly attractive to the men. And it depends on the guy's personality style. I, I actually divide out personality styles into just four categories. There's a king or a queen, a warrior, a magician, or a lover. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And if a guy is a lover or a king, then he's a more uh, nurturing, kind, gentle soul, and he really appreciates when a woman takes the reins and when she's more aggressive.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. A a guy who's a warrior or a magician loves being uh, in the spotlight, loves being the action taker, and so he actually prefers to pursue her and ask her out. So it depends on personality style.
1: So then you need to find out who you're dealing with.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you're dealing with a guy who's a, an actor or the head of sales for a corporation, and he's, a, he's an, this outgoing uh, performance artist guy, mm-hmm. he's going to work do you. If you're dealing with a guy who's a, a thinker or a poet or a kind of a quiet, shy guy, He's gonna love it if you go after him.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't think there's too many poets left around in the world anymore, so <laughs> 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 I don't have to worry about finding They're a poet. Out there. They're just
0: unemployed. Right, <laughs>
1: right. They're hi- writing at night when they come home from their job. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about marriage. Now, it seems, because I've interviewed a lot of people, and it, it's always the same story. You know, have, they've been married now 10, 20, 30 years, but it always seems it came down to, the guy didn't want to get married, the woman was like, fine, I'm leaving, I'm done, whatever. They go away, and then the guy's like, no, I'll marry you, come back. So why does it always seem to have to get, get to that?
0: Well, I, I think we answered the first part of it, which is that for a man to feel fully passionate about a woman, sexually, there needs to be something that's a challenge about winning the woman. Mm -hmm. And if she's always been uh, nice and kind and compliant or just supportive, then she's never presented him a challenge to win. Okay? There's a certain uh, competition and trophy aspect to this that's in a man's animal nature. Okay? It's not a choice of culture or an individual choice. It's built into us evolutionarily to need this. But then the other part of it is that maybe because we don't have today any kind of formalized courtship rituals, uh, we don't have the the extended family around us anymore uh, giving us the Yenta-like, uh, <laughs> you know, assessment of our dates.
2: Uh-huh. Grandma
0: isn't telling us anymore what she thinks of our dates, then we don't know how to evaluate somebody from the get-go as we start to date. We just notice we have fun, we notice we like their career, they look good on paper but we don't have a step-by-step system anymore and people around us supporting that so what I often tell both women and men is choose well in the first 30 minutes Hmm. choose well in the first 30 minutes Hmm. meaning your gut matters right at the beginning of meeting a person and today we have a way of Finding ourselves months later or years later in a relationship, and we say, "Gee, how'd that happen? I, I wasn't very purposeful <laughs> in moving forward mm-hmm. with this person. We just kind of ended up together, and then maybe decades later, we're you know we're still dating or we're married, and it never was a very good match from the get-go because we weren't awake and aware in the first moments of meeting." Knowing what we really, really want and need.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, so but, but then he why is up front. But then, so why is it that the the guy wants to get will suddenly want to marry the woman once she's gone?
0: Well, yeah. There's a there's a cutting your losses sort of effect, and um, I, I've known a lot of women to have this uh, this feeling as well, that when you've spent months or years on a person. And you've spent a lot of resources. You've spent time and energy and labor and gone through some dramas. There's a a certain sense of entitlement to, it's like playing the stock market. I've invested so much, I can't pull out now. I want to recoup everything I've invested. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I think that's what holds back a lot of men and women from from ending it when it probably was never going to work so well in the first place we put so much into it
1: right but then like the the women the people I talked about they're married they are married but even though they're married now for many years the woman still had to leave it seems like a phenomenon that almost everyone has to go through
0: they were okay explain this to me they were married for years and years and the woman had to leave why no,
1: <laughs> no before in the her man was
0: doing what?
1: <laughs> No 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 okay i'm not explaining myself correctly Be, before the okay. man agreed to marry her she had okay. to, she ended the relationship and then finally he said okay we'll get married and now they, they these people have been married happily 10 20 30 years
0: oh got it got it. well uh well there you have it it's the first time that she really made herself a prize to win when she finally said it's like in the um you know in some of the recent movies, like he's just not that into you, for example, mm-hmm. that, you know the woman's waiting and waiting and waiting right she's supportive, uh they gel well together, their personalities match, but she's just never really given him this mountain to climb to reach her to to win her over. And she finally gave that to him by threatening a breakup, uh-huh. And he's like, thank you very much. That's what I needed. to do it.
1: <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, all right. That might be one of the ways to get a guy to marry a woman then?
0: <laughs> it might be if all these other areas of romance are intact. If right. you have an awesome connection in personality styles, if opposites attract and you have opposite personality styles, then it's the kind of thing the guy really feels uh, he would never want to give up. She's such a good friend; I would never want to lose her as a friend. And if you're uh, you intellectually match up too, your your goals in life are very much aligned. You have maybe some of the same religious beliefs, political beliefs, career aspirations. Then the guy's feeling like, wow, this woman would be such a great teammate in life. And so she approaches him and says, "Look." time to, you know what, or get off the pot. <laughs> and he says, you know what, thank you for pushing me over the edge. I can't bear to lose you. Right. So let's do it. Right. Okay, good. But there are other situations where they're a horrible match, yeah. and then the woman does that. And it does end, and it should have ended.
1: Right. Either way, you get your answer. Yeah. Okay, so I have one last <laughs> question. Um, why is it that we become possessed, uh, not possessed, obsessed with people?
0: Why we become obsessed with people has a lot to do with what's called projection Mm -hmm. and limerence. Uh, These are terms a psychologist uses. Early in dating, when we don't fully lay our cards on the table, wear our heart on our sleeve, which we shouldn't do, it gives us the enjoyment and pleasure of projecting, of fantasizing what the other person Really is, and what the other person could be to our life, and so a lot of times when there's a a lack of full disclosure mm-hmm. about you know what all my issues have been and all the uh, all the dating problems i've had have been a lack of total intimacy, we have projected a fantasy onto the other person, a perfect fantasy, and so a lot of people get obsessive when an early dating situation suddenly ends because, well, we we had the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. at, at our fingertips. We, yeah. had, we had perfection in love right in our lap and lost it. But that's an illusion. It's an enjoyable illusion. It's part of what is so wonderful about the magic of falling in love, that we have this experience, psychologists call limerence, which is enjoying that fantasy, that magic of early love. But when we suddenly lose it, it feels like we've been thrown out of the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. that we've lost perfect love. And that's what's so compelling and makes us want to chase it back, chase it down.
1: Wow. What a great explanation. (laughs) 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 Wow. Well, you've been... yeah, you've been really enlightening. I have to say, you're the most uh, entertaining and educational, enlightened guest I've had.
0: Oh my goodness! Thank oh, I know. You so much. I need Water. to send you
1: <laughs> a certificate or an award or something. <laughs> no, because you.
0: <laughs> oh, you're wonderful.
1: No, because you finally had like the right answers. Because I'll ask other people these questions, and they, you know, they don't give me the right answers. But these really feel like you've hit the nail on the head. So.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm really into uh, what's real and what works. I'm not into stuff you know let's get practical that's right damn it <laughs> really appreciate it
1: yes so if you want to give your two websites and tell you tell what you do at each website
0: sure sure um women and men speak languages all their own and so i have two separate websites for each gender uh, i have a website called womenshappiness.com for women and a separate website for men called DrPaul.net, doctorpaul.net, d-o-c-t-o-r p-a-u-l dot net we do live trainings as well as have all kinds of educational materials there
1: wonderful okay and i would highly recommend everyone go there and of course the book is the secret psychology of how we fall in love
0: <laughs> That's Right. That's uh,
1: great title and thank you again thank you so much for being on today
0: Oh, thank you, too.
1: Okay. Nice talking to you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, I think that was my best interview ever, if I do say so myself. Boy, did I learn a lot. <laughs> learn a lot. I can't even talk anymore. Okay, it's time for me to go. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, my website is theartoflove.net, since we're giving out websites here. And uh, my book is at lessonsoflove.net. Uh, I will see you next time. And in the meantime, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens.
0: You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on LA Talk Radio.